Okay, welcome to Crossroads. It's good to have everybody here tonight. It's good to have the white snow on the ground outside. Yeah, okay, we got some snow lovers in here. Snow, snow haters not allowed. Um, yeah, it's good to be here tonight. My name's Alan, uh, for those of you that don't know me. Hi. <laughs> so my wife, uh, Shannon, and I uh, live in the area, one of the communicators here at Crossroads, and it's just good to be able to share tonight with you guys. Uh, we're right in the middle of this uh, Christmas series, The Gift of Christmas, talking about that gift and, and what it means, but really looking at it through the eyes of some of the characters in the story. And uh, last week, uh, we talked about Zach and Liz. Some of you know them as Zachariah and Elizabeth. Uh, but we talked about them last week and, and how there was a promise given to some really old people that they were going to have a baby. And the guy was like, yeah, I don't know about all that. I think I'm a little too old for this. And he ended up uh, mute for six months. So that worked out really well. But just th this whole thing of, you know, our own personal, the things that happen in our life are in our viewpoints and the things that we look at. When, when God comes to us with stuff, sometimes we doubt based off of our understanding of the circumstances. And so we've been talking about this in, in really the mode of believing it, receiving it, and giving it. And as we approach this week, uh, we're, we're going to look at another character of the story and, and what it looks like to believe uh, and to receive and then to give. And, you know, as we think about this week, I, I want you to think about this question. We're, we're coming up on Christmas, and you guys are buying Christmas gifts. And some of you have that person in your family or their friend that they have everything and you don't know what to get them for Christmas. Like, it's, it's the person that they've got, they'll just go out and buy it if you don't get it for them. So you're like, I don't know what to get them. And there's a whole, there's a whole industry um, dedicated to this. I call it the assortment industry. You know, there, there's things like cheese assortments, something you get for someone you don't know what to get. Things like assorted chocolates, Another great gift to get someone that, that you don't know what to get. Uh, savory and spicy nut samplers. Again, another assortment of things that you can buy for people that you don't know what to get them. Uh, hot sauce assort assortments. It's another really great one. Uh, but then there was something, you know, I think it really hit the market pretty, pretty heavily over the past year and a half. Uh, and, and I think, I, I just want to drop this here and, and leave it for you, that if you don't know what to get somebody this Christmas, and, and they're just really hard to shop for, uh, get them a bidet. Uh, it, 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 will, it will surprise them, and they will thank you for it. Uh, and especially with the, the toilet paper shortages and everything. So just, you know, just go out on a limb. It'll be great. But, but I think sometimes we approach our relationship with God in, in the same manner that we approach someone we don't know what to get a gift for. Because we look at God and we go, God, you've given so much. You ultimately gave your son. You've given me life. What do I give you? Like, you're really hard to shop for. 
You have everything you could possibly need. What do I give back to you? And and that's really what we're going to be exploring tonight and and the question that we're going to be diving into. Um, And and as you think about that, one of the pieces to this is is two words uh, in the the business world, uh, calculated risk. Uh, calculated risk is a hazard or chance of failure whose degree of probability has been reckoned or estimated before some undertaking is entered upon. Now, that's a really fancy definition of what a calculated risk is. Uh, kind of to break it down, a calculated risk is if I am going to start a business venture, if I'm going to go do something, if, if, if there's something in front of me, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to take some spreadsheets, and I'm going to take some wise counsel, and I'm going to take a lot of input, and I'm going to move everything around until I have calculated the risk of what I'm about to do as, as, as minutely as I can so that I know if I go do this, is it going to succeed or is it going to fail? And in the business world, you're kind of silly to go out on a business venture without having really calculated the risk, really having sat down and, and put all the pieces together, get all of the information, take it in, sit, think on it, because it's calculated risk. And here's the thing that I believe. I believe that God is a God of calculated risk. But the other thing I know to be true, so this isn't a belief, this is like I know it to be true, that God's calculator and my calculator often aren't the same calculator. <laughs> you know, when I think about life, and when I think about the things that, that I've been privileged to do alongside of God, there have been so many times where I'm like, God, did we, did we kind of talk about this beforehand? Because that's not how I saw this going. You know, or, or he'll put something in my spirit, or he'll ask something. I'm like, look, I, I know you've got this whole thing figured out, and you're God, but that does not equal calculated risk for me. Uh, and, and, and I think about in, in our world, especially in American culture, there are some things that are, are very close to us when it comes to calculated risk. Some things that we, we really like to calculate into the equation. One of those is safety. We, we want to know that is the risk that I'm taking on a safe risk? Uh, is, is the return going to be a safe return for this investment, for this stepping out, whatever it looks like? Provision. We want to know that if I step out in risk, if I step out to do this thing, Am I going to be provided for? Is, is, are all my needs going to be taken care of? Uh, is everything going to work out? Because ultimately, I don't want to be left high and dry. Uh, planning. I love planning. Guys, I just, I think planning is the best thing ever. Uh, some people, you know, they, they just kind of, you know, I'm like, well, you just fly by the seat of your pants. That's cool. That's cool. I go on vacation. I need a spreadsheet for the vacation. Then I need a spreadsheet for my spreadsheet for the vacation. Cause I enjoy planning. Like, and it's a calculate, like vacations are a calculated risk for me. You know, it's, it's sitting down and planning. I mean, I, am I going to get maximum enjoyment out of this vacation by planning it out? Okay. Uh, it's just me, all right? 
But, but the reality is, is those are some things that we really kind of lean into when we talk about calculated risk. And then there's those people out there that seem to, to have a little high, higher tolerance for risk. They, they seem to just, like, we, we have a word for those people. We like to call them entrepreneurs. You know, it's like, oh, you're an entrepreneur, aren't you? You just kind of go do it. Uh, and, and, and we have that word for them. And what's really funny about this is a couple years ago, I took a, a church planning test. It, it was this test to kind of assess your ability that if you wanted to be a church planter, where did you, like, are you qualified to be one? I remember taking this test and got it back and, you know, scored so-so. But one of my highest categories, which I was like, okay, I think I need to go take the test again because this can't be right, was entrepreneurship. And I was like, wait, <laughs> I am way too much of a, a, a calculated risk planner <laughs> to ever be an entrepreneur because it takes me, you know, at least a few months to actually make a decision on something. You know, where are we going out for dinner? I, well, let me, let me sit down and calculate all the risk for dinner and what's good and what's not good. And maybe I'll get back to you with the decision. Can somebody else just make the decision, please? And, and so, but, but here's the reality. And, and I think it was something out of that season. And, and as I was preparing for, for this evening and just working through this story, I think God is calling all of us to be entrepreneurs. I think God is calling all of us to step out and go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go do something. I'm gonna, I am going to be the person that kind of comes out of my shell sometimes and steps out into entrepreneurship when it comes to the things of God. And there's this young woman, somebody that we've heard the story about a, a lot. We read it every Christmas we even have little statutes of her next to a little baby. Uh, and she always, like, she always looks so just serene and, like, calm. And I don't know. I, I, one of these days, I want to see, like, a nativity scene that, like, has Mary and all of them looking like I really think that they looked. Like, her hair a little frazzled, kind of the shawl a little to the side, like, just, just like, crazy. Maybe we'll create one one day. But, but the story of Mary, and, and when I think about answering the question of what gift do I have to give back to God, I, I think of Mary. And I think about this story that we hear so many times that I think we often miss some of the most important parts of the story. Because we see movies, we see depictions, we see this kind of nice, neat package of what the Christmas story looks like that is probably a little too safe, <laughs> a, a, a little bit too much not what it really looked like. And so we're going we're gonna to be in the book of Luke, uh, chapter 1. In the, in the New Testament tonight, and this is the, the, the Christmas, kind of part of the Christmas story. And it starts out in, in verse 26, saying, During the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel Gabriel was sent from God's presence to an important keyword here, unmarried girl. To an unmarried girl named Mary, living in Nazareth. She was engaged to a man named Joseph. And the angel shows up, and I, 
even this part of the story, I like if an angel, if I'm just like chilling at home, just enjoying a nice evening by myself, and an angel shows up, that's scary. Like that's that's not an everyday occurrence that just, oh, an angel popped in today. Like, let's just start with that piece of the story that's a little wild, a little out there, a little, little outside of our calculated risk th- way of doing things. And he says, rejoice, beloved young woman, for the Lord is with you and you are anointed with great favor. So the angel hasn't gotten to the good part yet. He's just kind of warming her up. (laughs) Like, look, God has looked upon you with favor. You are anointed for a great task. And I love what happens next. It says, she was deeply troubled over the words of the angel. Like, we haven't even got to the you-know-what part. And she was already troubled because she's going, wait. And it says she was bewildered over what this may mean for her. It's like, and have you ever been in that moment where, God's like, hey, I got something for you, and you're already bewildered because you're like, oh, I don't know about that. Like, usually when you say you have something for me, it's, it's a little crazy, it's a little out there. And, and so she's already, like, got this bewilderment, like, where, where is this going? And, and I think this to be very true of Mary. I think Mary was an incredibly intelligent, intelligent young woman. I, th- I think she was someone that understood prophecy. She understood the stories that she had heard. Uh, she, she was a very, very humble woman, but I think she was very intelligent. And I think at this moment, she knew something was coming. She was like fear starting to rise up. And then the angel says, do not yield to your fear, Mary. For the Lord has found delight in you and has chosen to surprise you with a wonderful gift. Don't yield to the fear in you. The angel already knew what was happening in her. There, there was this sense of what was coming. There was this sense of what the next part of the journey looked like. And fear was already starting to yell very loudly. Fear was already starting to be the thing that was predominant in her thoughts in that moment. And I know we've all been in that place where fear yells. Fear is like the loudest thing ever. Fear is that thing that just overwhelms you. And it doesn't matter what people say, how people approach it. Fear is so loud. It says, you will become pregnant with a baby boy. Drops the, drops the big one, and you are to name him Jesus. He will be supreme and will be known as son of the highest, and the Lord God will enthrone him as king on the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign as king of Israel forever, and his reign will have no limit. And this is where Mary, a very practical woman, responds. And, you know, I think of all of the ways that, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's more to the story. I, I'm you know, I wonder what other words were left out here in this moment of the story. But Mary responds, and she's in a very practical way. Um, yeah, how could this happen? I'm still a virgin. I, you know, like, okay, you're an angel. Like, you know how this works, right? Like, you, did, did you talk about that? Like, he kind of, it works a certain way. 
look, how is this supposed to happen? I am a virgin. She's very practical in her response, and it's just a very honest question. And and, and even in those moments where God comes to us and we feel like we're being, like like he's leading, sometimes it's that very practical question of like, okay, I hear you, God, but I have a very, like, how is this supposed to work? Like, that is an impractical answer to something happening and, and this whole calculated risk, like in that moment, Mary's calculated risk calculator and God's calculated risk calculator weren't exactly on the same page of going, look, how's this going to happen? And Gabriel answered, says the spirit of holiness will fall upon you and almighty God will spread his shadow of power over you in a cloud of glory. And this is why the child born to you will be holy and be called the son of God. What's more, your aged aunt Elizabeth, and, and like, like the word there. Basically, he's like, look, your your old aunt Elizabeth, you know, the one that just got pregnant. She's become pregnant with son. The barren one, the lady that was not supposed to have a child, is now in her sixth month. Not one promise from God is empty of power. Nothing is impossible with God. And, and even in that moment, he points to another miracle. He points to another calculated risk that didn't look like a calculated risk and said, you were, did, did you see that one? Did you see what I did there? I can do it again because I, I'm God and nothing is impossible with me. And Mary's response in verse 38, she responded saying, yes, I will be a mother for the Lord. As his servant, I accept whatever he has for me. May everything that you have told me come to pass. And the angel left her. And when you read this story just at face value, where you you just kind of read the, the words here, you miss what she was saying yes to. You see, Mary came from a humble family. I don't think she had these kind of extravagant plans for her life. Oh, I'll just be the mother of Jesus sounds like just another day in my life. But Mary came from a town, not a city. Because here's the deal. Like if Mary had been living in Salt Lake, like you get pregnant as a virgin by God, like, you just kind of hide that. You just kind of slide it under the table. Like, you just kind of go undetected. But the town where Mary lived was a town of about 100 to 400 people. Because have you seen Hallmark movies? Like, everybody will find out. Everybody will know. That's how small towns work. And, and so, so Mary in this small town, like, what she was saying yes to was something that everybody was going to know. There was no hiding what was about to happen. Maybe month one, maybe month two, maybe month three, but you start getting to months four, five, six, seven, and there was no hiding what was going on in her life. And what do you say? Oh, an angel came to me and said that God was giving me a child divinely. Oh, okay. I'm sure he did. Um, And there were some very specific laws surrounding unmarried women being pregnant. One of those was found in Deuteronomy 22, 23. I'll give you the short version. 
the lady and the man were to be drugged to the outskirts of town and stoned to death. Uh, the book of Numbers gives another uh, law that basically the woman is supposed to go to the priest, supposed to drink bitter waters, and then have a curse pronounced upon her life. So these are all great calculated risks. Like in this moment when the angel shows up and says, hey, you're gonna, you're gonna be the, you can be the mother of the Savior Here's the, the other part of the story. This is what she's saying yes to for the next nine months. This is what she's saying yes to, the, the threat of death, the threat of being the outcast, the threat of everybody seeing her as an unwed, pregnant young woman that we don't know the exact age, but we'll just kind of go with the generalization of what scholars say of around the age of 15. That's what she's saying yes to in the next few moments. That's the risk that she's taking. Why was fear screaming in her mind? Why was fear screaming in her ears? Because that was the risk that she was saying yes to. It did not make sense. But you see, in that moment, she saw past her fear and she believed in God's promise. She saw past the fear that was so loud and saw God's promise of a Savior. And going back to when I said that Mary was, I think, an intelligent woman, she knew the prophecies. She, she had heard of the prophecies of a coming Savior. <laughs> she didn't know she was going to be the one that he would come through, but she knew, the pro- she, she knew of what could happen if she said yes. And she had to look past the fear of the reality of the situation to say yes to something greater, to say yes to something that was beyond her comprehension, to say yes to a risk that made no sense on paper. You see, her faith in God was her gift to God. And when we talk about what is the gift for a God that I don't know what to give him because he has everything, it's my faith. It's my yes. It's my, my faith in his goodness and his character that when his calculated risks don't match up with my calculated risk, I will say yes. I will trust in faith in who he is and what he is asking of me. See Hebrews 11 verses one through two, say what is faith? It is the confident assurance that something we want is going to happen. It is the certainty that what we hope for is waiting for us, even though we cannot see it up ahead. Men of God in days of old were famous for their faith. They were famous because they would see past their fear into the promise of God. They would look past what looked like a, and sometimes almost a stupid yes, because in that moment, for Mary to say yes, I, see, here's the thing. I, I'm pretty sure that if, as a pastor, that if Mary had showed up and said, hey, I, I need some counsel. You see, I, I had this angel show up to me and, and said I was going to be a, a mother and divinely I was going to carry this, this child. And, but, but I'm a virgin 
I would have said, Mary, are you okay? <laughs> I, I don't think you should say yes to that. Be, because on paper, it just, it, it sounds a little insane. But Mary had faith in something bigger than herself. Faith in a promise of God. Faith in a prophecy that was given divinely to her. You see, in that moment, I think there's something so profound about her asking the question, okay, you're telling me this is going to happen, but but how is this going to happen? Because I'm a virgin? I think there's something so profound in that because a lot of times we, I feel like we're scared to ask God questions. And I want to make a really clear distinction here that there's a difference between asking God a question and questioning God. You see, questioning God looks like us saying, God, I don't believe in your character. I don't believe in your goodness. I don't believe in who you say you are. But asking God a question brings the reality and the practicalness of who we are as human beings that God created us to be and he knows and he expects us to act in that manner because he created us of going, okay, God, I feel like I get a sense that you're asking me to do this, but how and why and really? I remember, you know, it's been just over two years ago that we moved uh, from Arizona to Utah. And I remember in that process, remember I'm a calculated risk kind of guy. It took me a while to get to the place of saying yes. I, I, I wish I could stand here and say that God spoke to me in a dream one night and said, I want you guys to move to Utah. And, and I just went, okay, yes. Uh, no, I, was a, I, I probably had a few more questions than Mary did. Uh, I'm like, God, first of all, uh, I don't have a job in Utah, like a full-time job. Um, so how are, how are you, money, like paying the bills, that, that's, that's one question. Uh, my girls had grown up in the same town uh, from the time that they were babies till the time we moved from Arizona. God, you, you want me to move my children, that this is the only thing they know as home? How are they, like, going to survive, they—they're gonna. I'm gonna. Ta- you want me to to move them away from all their friends and all their people? Um, yeah, I, I was in a season of my life where I had only known being employed in full time ministry, and and God was moving me to a place of of not being in, employed in full time ministry, and I was like, I don't know how to do anything else. God, what? And and there were so many questions in that season for me. But during all of those questions, I always kept coming back to, God, I know you're true. I know your character is good. And I know you have something that I, your calculator is really odd and really weird sometimes. And you've got something in all of this that I'm not seeing. I trust you. And it finally got to a place of me saying yes, of of allowing the fear to be pushed down and the faith to rise up, to come to a place that faith was louder than the fear that was screaming in my ear saying, no, don't do that. And then it's in the simple moments of having a a neighbor across the street from me and, and going, I should 
probably go talk to them and get to know their story. Yeah, but they're going to think you're the weird neighbor that is just trying to poke in their business. And like, those are the simple things sometimes in life that, that fear screams a little bit louder. But where faith has to step into place and go, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to step out. I'm going to do something that God has called me to because I believe in his promise. You see, faith empowers us to actively wait and trust that God is in control. Faith believes in what God sees, and then it moves us. And faith is a confidence in the character of God. And so I think about Mary in these moments of her having to make a decision, knowing that the odds were stacked against her knowing that if she said yes, there was going to be a lot of things that she was going to have to overcome, a lot of criticism. You know, even down to, you know, the the story goes on that Joseph, when he first finds out before an angel shows up and kind of helps him along in the process, has a plan. I'll just secretly put her away. Nobody will know. Just take her out back and we'll be done with this. Like, these are all of the risks that were involved in this. And she knew that. But she said yes, because she allowed faith to be the thing that drove her forward. As his servant, I accept whatever he has for me. May everything you have told me come to pass. Maybe there's something tonight that you need to accept from God. Maybe it's, it's an ask that he has of you. Maybe it's a calling that he has of you. And you've kind of been avoiding it. You've kind of been stepping back from it. You've kind of calculated the risk and you know that if you say yes, it's a risk that you're like, I don't know if I want that risk. But what is that thing? What are, those, what are those moments that you've had with God where you've felt him speaking to you, asking something of you, and right now you know that the gift that you can give him is your faith that says yes. That says, I, I, I don't fully grasp and see how this is all going to turn out, but I will say yes. I will give you my faith. How can you actively and willingly accept and participate in bringing about God's will in your life? You see, Mary had the choice. Will I actively participate? Will I willingly participate in this to bring about God's will in my life? Or will I say no? And so, from someone who really likes to plan, who these kind of messages, when I hear them, I kind of go, yeah, that's nice. I'm sure there's someone else here in the room that this is for. From someone that, that, that often stumbles into that place of overanalyzing and overthinking, can I challenge you tonight to say yes? To, to allow faith to rise up so powerfully that it snuffs out fear. 
Crystal, I just have been so enamored recently by watching what God has done on Second Street through Crossroads and through the Connection, Ogden Connection Center. And, and just this past Thursday when we were standing out in snow and ice and handing out food, just to see what God has done. And, and, and I know that go, that goes back to a yes that probably didn't make a lot of sense in the moment. That on paper <laughs> was kind of an uncalculated risk. But Crystal said yes. And, and I think about what God is doing because of that. I think about what God is doing in each of your lives because there's been moments where you've said yes, where faith has been louder, when faith has risen up. And so tonight, as we close out, I want to ask if you are here and fear is kind of screaming, or maybe it's not kind of screaming, maybe it's it is screaming and it's yelling and you know that there's something that God is asking of you. You, you just get, you know that there is, there's something that he is reaching out and saying, come with me. Come go on this journey. And tonight you say, I, I want to say yes. I want faith to be the answer. I want to be faith to be what I give back. We've got some people here tonight that, that are ready to pray with and for you. So I'm going to ask them to come on to the front. And then if that's you tonight, before you leave, I want to encourage you to come see my friends. Come see me, I'll be up here. And just take a moment, because here's the reality of it. It's really easy to say yes in here. I've, I, this is something I've learned to be very true. It's very easy to say yes in here. It is much harder to say yes out here. Because when you say yes out here, there's accountability. <laughs> when you say yes out here, now you've got somebody following up with you going, so how's that going? <laughs> you see, Mary could have just said yes in here, but she said yes out here. And that's where her faith met action. And she carried our Savior because faith went into action. So, Father, I thank you for tonight. I thank you that tonight you are calling some entrepreneurs. Father, I thank you that tonight you are looking at each and every one of us and you're saying, I have called you to be an entrepreneur in my kingdom. I am calling you to step out of fear and to step into faith. I am calling you to give back that gift that only you can give with your yes. And so, Father, tonight, whatever those things are that are represented in this room, whatever those things are that you are calling us to do, tonight that we would choose to say yes, that we would choose to overcome the fear. And so, Father, the, the doubts that we bring with us that we would cast those aside. The moments where, where we have sat and looked at what you're asking us to do and we've said, 
There's no way that that can happen. I don't understand. Just like Mary did, just like she did in that moment with the angel where she asked and she said, I I, I don't get it. I don't see how this is going to work. That tonight that we would bring all of that before you. We lay it at your feet and full of faith, we would say yes. So Jesus, we thank you for that tonight in your name. Amen.